Hi, it's Taylor. Quickly jumping in before the episode starts to let you know that we've changed our name and are now Sisters Assemble. You can find our updated social handles in the show notes. Enjoy the show! Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk Marvel Fan Theories podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Katie, and we're two sisters and borderline obsessed Marvel fans who have been following the Marvel Cinematic Universe closely for years. And now we want to share our MCU discussions with you. We chat about our own predictions and theories, plus some of our favorites from online, and our reactions to all of the Marvel content that's considered MCU canon, including the Disney Plus shows and the movies, as well as the Marvel news you need to know. Welcome back, listeners. We have a super fun episode for you all today that I personally am very excited to dive into. If you haven't checked out the title of the episode, we are talking all things Young Avengers today. This has been a long time coming. We started seeing the first remnants of the Young Avengers all the way back in the WandaVision era over two years ago. And now here we are talking in depth about roster storylines and where we might see them next and I am excited to dive in. Katie, why don't you kick us off with a little bit of background? Of course, of course. So I know I think a couple weeks ago now we talked a little bit about the Young Avengers just getting brought up in the Ant-Man conversation as it's pretty much brought up to your point. Since WandaVision from a lot of the different content there's kind of been Young Avengers popping up everywhere So as far as the MCU background, I'm just going to name the ones that we've kind of already been seeing pop up, just so if you're not really aware of them or you haven't been listening to us that long, you're aware of what we're talking about. So to Taylor's point, WandaVision, we saw Billy and Tommy pop up. They're aliases. aliases. (laughs) While they're the Young Avengers, is Speed and Wiccan. I think Speed is very fitting for Tommy. Uh, Wiccan is its own warlocky sort of vibe. So I guess also makes sense for Billy. The next one we saw them was in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is Patriot. He's the grandson of Isaiah Bradley, he who is the super soldier who came after Steve. We see Sam and Bucky meet him. So that is Patriot. We haven't yet seen Patriot as any sort of anything. He was kind of just there. But that is the character. Then we move into Loki, where we see young Loki. He is on the roster of the Young Avengers. Then we go fast forward all the way up to Hawkeye, where we see Kate Bishop, which I know is one of the areas we had a really big conversation about the Young Avengers, because she was kind of that catalyst to me, where we were bringing together quite a few of them now that we were on number four, or number five. Then next we see America Chavez. No need to really go into her since I know we talked quite a bit about her for when we saw her in MOM. She is also on the Young Avengers roster in which we've already seen. And then I think the latest one that we've seen is Miss Cassie Lang herself in which she is the reason this conversation is finally happening in this realm because we've seen her now in Ant-Man and she's a big part of this team just as much as all the rest of them. And now we're at like seven or eight of them and it's time to start the conversation. As far as comic books, we did talk a little bit about their origin. They are formed by Iron Lad, who we haven't yet seen. We've been thinking we've been going to see him. We haven't. So I'm not sure if that's going to be the realm and the route we go as far as the MCU, but I... I'm excited. I'm excited, and I'm excited for this conversation to finally take place. Yeah, and speaking of Young Avengers that we haven't quite seen yet, there are a couple members who have not appeared. So Teddy Altman, known as the Hulkling, he's actually a Kree and Skrull, part Kree, part Skrull. So 
maybe in the Marvels, since that's, you know, going to be a big property relating to them, or a secret invasion. I don't know. But that is one character that we haven't yet seen. There are some others like Novar, Prodigy, in some iterations, like White Vision is considered a young Avenger, or like an iteration of Vision. Yeah, that that storyline's complicated. And I don't know if we want to touch on that. <laughs> yeah, just putting it out there. There's some relation to Vision in this roster, but we're not going to get into that. But those are kind of the outstanding members who, in one iteration of the next, because like the large or big grown-up Avengers, this team isn't static, right? Members come and go, people come in at different times, you know, so this is kind of the, these are kind of the names that have been in at one point or another. That's not to say that's all of them, because they've worked with quite a few of the younger Avengers and older Avengers throughout their run. Yeah, and I also want to add, as far as the MCU goes, one that we might see join the Young Avengers that isn't usually typically tied to the Young Avengers, and this is a big might, but I'm going off of really age is Kamala. I wouldn't be shocked. I could totally see that. I think that could be really fun. I'd love to see like her and like a Kate Bishop together. I think there would be a lot of really extreme fangirl energy, but in a really fun way. So that could be a good mix too. Yeah, I could definitely see them bringing in her. Although I will say it depends. That answer might change depending on the Marvels. Yeah, for sure. Let's just say that. Definitely. And so one of the other things that I wanted to touch on is some really kind of exciting and groundbreaking representation in the comics that the Young Avengers have brought forth. So Wiccan, aka Billy, aka Wanda's son, who is known as Billy Kaplan in this series. One thing I want to quickly say about Billy and Tommy before we get into what I was going to talk about is these are not the Billy and Tommy, obviously, that we saw in WandaVision. This is kind of like another reincarnation of them who don't actually recognize themselves or identify as Wanda's children. So that's just something to keep in mind when you're talking about Billy and Tommy, because they're not the Billy and Tommy that we've seen, though those, of course, were Easter eggs to the characters that we think we're going to get later. Yeah, and I I just want to tack on to that really quick is we didn't cover WandaVision when it was coming out, but I do know a big thing going around was Mephisto. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Still, to this day, I feel like every work has been like, Mephisto might be there. (laughs) But he is part of that storyline of how, in the comics at least, of how that kind of works. Um, So I know that was a theory for a while, while WandaVision was actually coming out, of how, you know, her sons might make it out of the Hex. Obviously, that didn't come to fruition, but in the comics, that is not the Hex necessarily, but how her sons become, you know, real is partially due to Mephisto. So I just want to put that out there. It is a complicated storyline with them, just as much as it's going to be with Iron Lad when we talk about that, because we mentioned that in one of the Ant-Man episodes as well. And a little bit Loki. There's like four of them that are a little, little weird. Yeah. But back to my original thought, just wanted to touch on the fact that Wiccan and Hulkling are a same-sex couple, as are Tommy and Prodigy. Um, So it was a really awesome moment for representation, and I know a lot of people were really excited about the actor who was cast as one of the boys. I am blanking on which one he was. I want to say it was Billy. Yeah, I think you're right. And so a lot of people were really excited about his casting for this reason and knowing kind of the character's background. So that's another thing. You know, I think the MCU has started to open up a little bit more in terms of representation in the LGBTQ community, and these 
are some really, really important opportunities to do that with characters who did it in the comics. So super excited to see that represented as well when we finally get this team assembled. Yeah, I agree. And it's also, I believe Wiccan and Hulkling end up married, actually, at at some point. I do want to say the Young Avengers storylines are also extremely complicated a lot of the time. They're kind of woven in and out. People die, then come back to life. I mean, they're like a normal comic. Um, (laughs) But when you have like such a specific group, it's a little complicated. But I believe they even get married at some point. So it is to your point, it's a great it's a great storyline. And it's a it's a furthering that we didn't have uh, at the time in the comics. And even now in the MCU, we've had, you know, uh, Phaistos was a same sex couple of course but we haven't had a lot of lgbtq representation so i am really excited for when the young avengers make their appearance because these are really prominent and they're on the team together so i think you know all these years we've had people like nat and bruce shoved down our throats that should not have been and now we're gonna have a comic book accurate couple and it's also great for representation so it's it's great to see it yeah and one of the things there are two things that i really want to talk about that are storylines that i thought were interesting or characters that i wasn't kind of expecting to be related to the young avengers and i'll start with the really small one which is jessica jones as a lot of you may know if you've been following the show i've been working my way through the defenders universe and that whole kind of netflix show or the series of shows now based on what's coming out and has been coming out as it relates to born again daredevil born again it sounds like this is going to be a pretty much a reboot of the show within the defenders universe which kind of makes the rest of them not 616 so that's fine if you know they brought over characters from that show it's entirely possible that they'll bring over the same actors from the netflix shows that they do to the mcu shows like they did with charlie cox tvd but anyway one of the characters from the defenders that i was really really surprised to see was actually involved with the young avengers was jessica jones and i don't know why maybe it's because she is so tough in the show and she's not really like nurturing and maternal and I don't really like associate her with kids or like being involved with like younger people fair (laughs) for that reason like I was very surprised to hear she doesn't really act in like a mentorship concept at least what I was reading or at least remember reading but like she's just kind of like involved with them in more ways than I expected like of all of the people that we've seen so far be it MCU official 616 or not, Jessica Jones was not high on my list of being someone who would be involved with the Young Avengers. So that was super interesting. The other thing I want to get into is Secret Invasion because this team was involved in Secret Invasion and this gets a little bit into where we think they can come in. So I want to get your thoughts, Kate, in whether you think we will actually start to see Young Avengers beginning to come together. I'm not necessarily thinking a full team up because that's really early and really soon. But like starting to maybe like we saw the Avengers, a couple here starting to link up, a couple there starting to link up. And then we start to get, you know, the real full set. Do you think that could happen in Secret Invasion? I think if it's going to happen, it will be Secret Invasion. So for one thing I want to throw out there, and this is something we talked about in one of our past episodes recently, was that there was someone, I don't know if it was a director, a writer, somebody through Marvel that pretty much was like, 
Young Avengers is, like, not happening. Liar. Yeah, I, like, don't buy that. Not when you're specifically bringing the certain characters you are in. Like, Kate Bishop's one thing, but, like, Kid Loki, I never needed to see him. Like, he did not have to be one of the Lokis we met, but yet he was. Even with Patriot, like, he never needed to make an appearance, but they brought him in. Yeah. So, it's just, to me, a little too sus. But I think it's because they want it to be a moment. They aren't going to name this movie, I have a feeling, because they want to introduce us to some sort of a small team, to your point, could be like two, three of them, whatever, starting to meet. And I think, you know, Secret Wars is where it would happen. I mean, Secret Wars is going to, in all of its glory, screw up everything we know. Yep. And like, there is not going to be people who are just going to be like, oh, I didn't know that happened. Like, no, (laughs) like this is going to be a huge mess for all of Earth and the universe in which it lives in. So it's like all these heroes are not going to be sidelined because the fight's not in their neighborhood or because another superhero picked up that fight. So they're good. It's covered. Like, No, this is going to be a hands-on, everybody just grab your crap and start fighting whatever needs to, and, you know, whatever, figure it out. So I think if it's going to happen and we're going to start seeing the things forming, it's here. And keep in mind, to your point from earlier, Billy and Tommy literally do not exist in 616. Clearly, they need to get here. Now, there's a lot going on with Agatha, Coven of Chaos, so I don't want to, like, get too far ahead of myself on that one. But, I mean, they need to somehow be grown and actually be on this Earth or in this universe. Kid Loki is literally not even in time, so he needs to get here if they're going to keep all of them in their roster, which I can't imagine they're taking out three of their heavy hitters. So I would have to imagine we're going to need a way to kind of clash them all together. So I'm seeing Secret Wars as kind of that be-all, end-all. Yeah, I could see that. I think the one other place before Secret Wars that I could see it happening is Kang Dynasty because of the Iron Lad connection, who, for those of you who don't remember, Iron Lad is a variant of Kang. He's a version of him, of Nathaniel Richards, really, who comes back in time and wants to stop himself from essentially being the universe's biggest jerk, he is a good variant of Kang. And he really is the one who helps form the Young Avengers. So having that tie and knowing that the Kangs are, you know, they're assembled clearly. And this version of Kang, Nate Richards, is against kind of their, what I'm I'm guessing is against their motivation, against what they're trying to do then I could totally see that being a moment where they also come to rally around the guy who brought them together to help face his evil variants. I see that. I think the only thing that puts a rock in my shoe with that one is, and I just made that up. It was so good though. (laughs) But it really worked. But I do. I think the only thing that puts a rock in my shoe there is I think we don't have an Avengers team right now at all. And I know a little while ago I was throwing around the theory of maybe the Young Avengers are the Avengers team. But now we've gotten confirmation that there will be an Avengers that are made up of some of the characters we've been introduced to in Phase 4 and some of what's left of maybe some of the older characters. So with that new knowledge, I'm like, okay, so we're going to have a new Avengers team. And I think Kang Dynasty is going to be a big part of pulling them together. 
I don't necessarily disagree with seeing, okay, well, Hawkeye is going to pull Kate because she's like his second in command. So maybe he brings Kate into the thing. And maybe Captain Marvel's like, well, I got two new besties. So she brings Kamala and, and Monica. And like, I'm not saying maybe they don't come together slightly in that way, but I do think we're going to see more of a focus on the regular Avengers being formed in King Dynasty than we'll see of the Young Avengers. Although I do see it with the Iron Lad, I, with that storyline. So that's why I'm like, I like it, but there's something poking me. Yeah, no, that's that's a good take too, because I think we kind of have almost two competing teams now, right? We yeah. have the Young Avengers and the Avengers, and they each kind of have to have their own moment. So, well, and two, the biggest thing about the Young Avengers is part of it is they're formed during the time that the Avengers are not together. Yeah. Which, if you had formed the Young Avengers, like, ASAP into Phase 4, which wouldn't have been well done. Like, I like that they were kind of Easter egged into a lot of different things. But if you did, I would have been like, okay, cool. We don't have an Avengers team. Yeah. Our heroes are everywhere or dead. Like, there's just a, nothing happening as far as regular Avengers. So I could have argued for that. As we're moving closer to where I know we're getting an Avengers team, I don't expect to see the Young Avengers. I wouldn't be shocked if they're part of the next phase after Secret Wars. Yeah, especially because if you think about what some of the producers are saying about the bloodbath that Secret Wars and Kang Dynasty are going to be. Yeah, exactly. But I want to argue that slightly because not all of these actors and actresses are that young anymore. Even, I mean, Haley Steinfeld wasn't really young when she started. She was already in college. And I'm not saying she'll necessarily look 30 by the time she's 30. I mean, look at Tom Holland. But there are some of them that, like, if they keep the same actor for Kid Loki, he'll get older. That's fine. But it depends. Like, they're a weird group that you can't just be like, they don't look different at all. But it's been seven years since they were introduced. And they're obviously going to mature and grow into more of being an adult, some of these characters. Yeah, that's true. I think that's an interesting conundrum that you don't have to deal with with the adults because, like, Chris Evans looked the same for 10 years, essentially, right? Yeah. You know, same with, like, ScarJo. RDJ changed a little, but he's also kind of in the age where, like, you start to change. Yeah. But you also don't notice as much with them unless you're watching all the movies, like, dead in a row. If you don't do, like, pay attention, you're fine right but like with the kids like to your point like the ages where the young avengers are like from 13 to like early 20s like you change so much yeah you're completely you know from how you look at the age of 13 to 20 completely different so you can't go three years in between movies keep the same actor and be like oh that last movie happened five minutes ago like it clearly did not because they went from someone who's 14 to 17 and a 14 year old does not look like a 17 year old. So very different. And that's an interesting conundrum. I think though, the one way that they're kind of getting around that is already casting older actors. To your point, Haley Steinfeld, the guy who is cast as Billy, also a little older. Cassie looks a little older. Yeah, she's like 30. Is she really? Yeah, because the girl who played Cassie at the end of Endgame is like closer to Cassie's age. I think she's only like 24 or something like that. And then the one who they recast is like 30. I'm pretty sure. Or at least she's like, I think I remember her being older than you. And that's why I was like, that's even weirder. Because she's like playing a 16 year old. Which, I mean, so is Tom Holland. And Tom Holland is also older than me, but not by much. But, you know, that's crazy because she was totally believable as a 16-year-old. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Yeah, well, that's crazy. But anyway, (laughs) 
I think the way they're trying to get around it is by aging down older actors and not like digitally, obviously, but like making them look younger so that those changes that you would have in a younger actor are much much more subtle in someone who's already in their mid-20s. So I think that might be how they get around that too. And then it'll allow them to tell Young Avengers stories for longer with them appearing to be the same age. Yeah, I agree. And that's why, but that's why I think like, I don't actively expect to see a full team up. I don't expect to see a Young Avengers movie until we see the carnage of Secret Wars and we're recovering from it. And I wouldn't be shocked if there are a team then. That makes sense. There probably won't be an Avengers team left, just like after Endgame. I mean, there were reasons why there wasn't after Endgame, and there's going to be reasons why there won't be after Secret Wars. One of them being a lot of them will probably die, and I have to come to terms with that. I think the one thing, and I'm the one who brought up the death thing, so I'm kind of going back on my own what I said. The one thing I worry about, though, with the death thing in terms of like it being such crazy carnage, not that I'm advocating for it, but like some of these characters are new. Or coming into a new mantle. Like, I think about Sam. Like, they're not going to just give Sam one movie, two Avengers movies, and then kill him as Captain America. They're not going to, you know, give Shang-Chi one solo outing and then two Avengers movies and then kill him. Especially because people really liked that movie. So, yes, there's, like, I just think we have to, like... Or aren't they? I mean, I would like to think they wouldn't. Right. But here's the thing. And this is what I'm, I'm learning as we're going through the phases. We saw something that we will never get to live through fully again, and that's the first 10 years of Marvel. They were building from the ground up. They needed to have some sort of consistency to a different level because you can't just do a one-off. I mean, look at DC. You can't just do a one-off movie here of a character and a one-off movie here of a character, and suddenly now this villain has their own movie, and they're like some sort of bad guy but good guy now because that's what they want to do. Venom, question mark? Oh, I was going fully Black Adam because that is what it is. <laughs> I don't even know what happened. I mean, look at Harley Quinn, same thing. But that's what I mean. Like, well, Suicide Squad, though, I kind of like, I get, like, that was a whole thing. But DC is just throwing stuff out there and throwing random characters into the mix versus Marvel did it by working off the backs primarily of three main characters. And as they brought characters in, those characters were being introduced to those three main characters who held the crux. And we know that. Look at Endgame. Why do you think they're the three who stood there and went up against Thanos together? Yeah. They carried the MCU on their back from the get-go. That's not necessarily true anymore. There are so many characters. There are so many stories that... There's no saying that, you know, Mackie, for example, will hold the mantle of Captain America for 10 years like Chris did. There's no saying that, you know, I don't know, Shang-Chi was another one of your examples. He'll be in the hero scene for the next 10 years. Maybe he will be. And maybe Mackie will too. But, you know, I think we need to throw out the cards of what we saw before because Phase 4 has shown us that's nothing what Marvel wants to do. That's a good take. It's annoying, but it's a good take. It stresses me out, honestly. I know. It, like, the idea of there being, like, no set, like, I understand why people get frustrated with the formula. I do. But, like, the formula is, like, comforting in some ways because you know, like, all right, I really enjoyed watching Simu Liu and he was an awesome actor and I loved his take on Shang-Chi. I'm going to get at least two more movies with him. But to your point, that's not necessarily a given anymore. I sincerely hope we do. But like, 
I don't know. Well, and look at Endgame, too. Like, Endgame, I will tell you, I did not for a second go into that movie thinking Black Widow was going to throw herself off a cliff. Yeah, that was a lot. That was so flabbergasting to me. I was, like, before I could even cry, I just sat in, like, shocked silence. This is what I think they are going to want Secret Wars to be like. A lot of us fans know or will do our research or have read the comics if you're comic book fans and know what Secret Wars is going to be like. But that doesn't mean we need to go in with expectations. I think they're going to sit there and pull out stops everywhere because it's shocking. Just like, I and I know Marvel didn't do this movie, but like Spider-Man 2, when Gwen actually died, yeah, no one thought that was going to happen because no one, none of the other superhero movies had that. I mean, yeah, we had uh, Harry die in the other one, but like he sacrificed himself. Gwen, like you're thinking Spider-Man's going to save the girl. Of course he is. And he doesn't. Like it's things like that. And that's what I'm expecting from Secret Wars. So I expect our Avengers to get leveled. And I expect young Avengers to be the ones who step up in the meantime, just like in the comics, how they step up in the time where there's no Avengers. Can I say something that's going to be really annoying? You usually do. That is so rude. (laughs) The one thing I'm going to say is death is not death right now because of the multiverse. Will we potentially see another Earth's Kamala Khan die? Another Earth's Carol Danvers die? Another Earth's Peter... Oh my God, may the day never come. But another Earth's Peter Parker die. Could we see that and yet our 616 remains intact? Possibly. On the reverse, could we see our 616 die and another version come in to step in and replace? Potentially. I mean, I just want to throw it out because the multiverse offers us literally unlimited options in terms of, you know, getting that shock value out of the death and still making it mean something, but not necessarily making it permanent. Now, how long we will live with the multiverse? Unclear. That's what I was gonna... And I know we've we've actually talked about that a little briefly before and I think it was after MOM the question does remain like how long will things like the multiverse be the storyline yeah are we gonna be able to keep it open I mean theoretically as long as the multiverse itself is open and you have America Chavez you can travel throughout it we could have the multiverse open and we don't interact with other universes unless you have Doctor Strange who causes incursions but like Theoretically, the multiverse can be safely open and never have to cause problems. That seems like a stretch. Well, think about it, though. All these... Okay, if Kang wasn't a thing and Doctor Strange wasn't causing incursions by traveling through the multiverse, every universe would be living its life normally, however that universe lives its life. I mean, America has literally been traveling throughout all of these universes and sees them, you know, like she sees them all highly functioning and or doing whatever they're doing, even if they're a paint world, like it's there. So my only thing, if they don't close the multiverse or snip it or whatever, if they decide to leave it open, I could see them being able to say as long, like, here are the contingencies. And if we defeat Kang, who's already going to just be a threat and clearly every Doctor Strange is also a threat, so that's its own <laughs> cup of tea. But, you know, theoretically, all of these universes could be existing to some degree within the same realm. <laughs> I'm like, what's bigger than a universe? I don't know. And not necessarily be causing nonstop problems. I just feel like to close the multiverse, 
you don't just like open that up again someday. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It does limit future storytelling power in like a lot of ways. So I'm not advocating for the closing of the multiverse at all. I I just, to your point, like, this is called the multiverse saga. Is it going to be the focus or a background thing? If it's a background thing, like, what does multiverse gardening look like? Like, we saw the pruning, but, like, regardless, I still think you're going to have timelines, like, circle, essentially, like, if you're having the sacred circle and then you have branches coming off of it, these branches are eventually going to grow into one another and cause incursions. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. So there's it, there's complications, but I mean, I know it, it has to be used to bring some of the Young Avengers in. Beyond that, it would be more of a plot line and to your point, to bring people back. I mean, I mentioned before, some of the Young Avengers don't make it in certain storylines and then they like come back. So, I mean, that's to say if they do those or they stay accurate to some of that, but you know, some something with the Young Avengers too, though, there is a lot of traveling amongst the multiverse or, like, places in the multiverse. They play a part when Wanda does her own No More Mutants kind of vibe. There's a whole part with that, and they, like, travel to find her from a different time. Like, there's a lot going on in where the Young Avengers are, and a lot of their storylines are really crazy because of the multiverse aspect so i feel like if they're going to be the next thing which is what i'm gonna i'm gonna solidify on this podcast that i think they're the next group i would have to think the multiverse stays open yeah i think i think you make a good point it makes me wonder and like not to get way too far ahead of myself or ourselves what's the next saga you know what's bigger than the multiverse right it makes me wonder i agree but i will say too like i mean there's always something bigger or and even if there's if it's not necessarily bigger, there's always a different threat. Yeah, that hits home a different way. I mean, Thanos was only a threat because of Infinity Stones, which we built a whole saga off of. You know, there there's a lot of crap out there that I'm sure. And I'm not. Even, I don't even have to say I'm sure that I know that they can pull from that is not hard to create a whole new couple phases from. But I will say for the Young Avengers. It'll be interesting. I think, like I said, I'm solidifying this at the Young Avengers in the next three phases. I fully believe, like, we would spend the first phase, not just them, but, like, the focus is on them building as a team. I see that wholeheartedly, just like the Avengers. The first phase was primarily focused on building the pieces here and there, keeping them in contact, and then it culminated more in the first Avengers film. I see it following, going back to some sort of formula with them. Phase 4 had to do something different, and that's fine. I'm chilling with it, but I do think that's what we'll see with the Young Avengers moving forward. That'll be interesting. It'll be... I'm interested to see if they are the team in phases... Oh god, what will it be? And then 7 through 9? You know, how do they relate to some of the older Avengers who survive? So, like, I'm thinking, like, Ashuri right now, who is a prime example of an Avenger who is kind of out on her own. She could logistically be made to a young Avenger. She's another one. Her, like Peter, technically just by age, yeah. not by ability or anything. But I mean, look at Wiccan. Wiccan one day is going to be, I mean, he his, is his mother's child. Oh, yeah. Like, look at his abilities even from WandaVision. And he was like 10. Yeah. And he has a whole storyline where he becomes this, like, crazy, omniscient, like, super powerful wizard. Yeah. I guess that's the right word. 
So yeah, so he warlock maybe. Yeah, same diff. What is the big? I mean, three? if she's a witch, I would assume a warlock. Wizards, aliens, and what is what the is Halloween Town teach you nothing? No, I'm thinking of Sam's big three. Oh, um, what does he call them? Aliens. One is robots, aliens, robots, and wizards, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's that order. I don't know what the order is, but I think those are the three. Yeah. Anyway, aside, over. But I think it'll be interesting, you know, like I was saying, Shuri is kind of out on her own right now based on just everything that's happened with that franchise. Shang-Chi is a little bit more tied in because he's in with Wong, so, and Carol. But, like, there are definitely Avengers right now who are kind of out on the side. And I think that Secret Wars will bring them all together. But then I wonder, like, will we see another dispersal like we saw after Infinity War? And then, like, how does this team being fully formed relate to those Avengers who are kind of right now doing their own thing? Not necessarily right now in terms of, like, phase four or five, but, like, phase seven, eight, who are going to be doing their own thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I wouldn't be shocked if the Avengers who are doing their own thing very much act as mentors. Yeah. And not just that, but, like, they, they still maybe have their own movie here, there, or show, or whatever, but they make their appearance. Like, I think of, like, Age of Ultron's a great example. Rhodey just shows on up. Yep. And Sam. Well, yeah, I was going to say Sam, but Sam's really only at the beginning for that little bit. But, like, Rhodey's there all of a sudden. He's like, let's fight some robots. And I'm like, okay, Rhodey's here now. Like, <laughs> you just accept it and move forward. So I wouldn't be shocked, too, if we kind of see some of them like that. I think Spider-Man's a great example where he can stay fairly independent just because of the premise of him already. And then plus, obviously, he's shared with Sony. I think that can be complicated sometimes. Honestly, to be quite frank, I'm surprised he was even allowed to be in Avengers films. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was shocking. In a really good way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But exactly. So, like, I don't necessarily... I mean, Daredevil would be cool to see him interact with, or Deadpool. But I would say, like, beyond that, I don't need him in an Avengers team-up. He is Spider-Man. He carries his own. I'd be fine with the next trilogy of his and has nothing to do with anything else. And I'm like, that's cool. Well, especially because his first trilogy was so intertwined in a way that's that... That's what I mean. Yeah. So... I would see a lot of them being more mentor-like. And I mean, to be fair, think about it. Like, all of these characters come... I think Patriot's probably the only one who do, who won't come directly from an Avenger somewhere in the line. I guess Hulkling as well. But technically, he is the son of the male Captain Marvel. Yeah. So I wouldn't be necessarily shocked if there's somehow, some way, a relation. Like, they try to pull a relation for the MCU. Oh, so you're saying literally swap out Carol for, the like, her predecessor in the comics? Yeah. Because Carol, to my understanding, was Ms. Marvel and then became Captain Marvel after Marvel. Yeah. So if you just completely negate Marvel, obviously now Kamala takes on the mantle of Ms. Marvel, is that her son or does something happen with her blood like because her blood is such an important thing that's what i mean like i i read that as i'm sure the mcu would doctor that a little bit oh yeah it's a classic case of take the source material and switch it up to make it fit exactly that's not you know minimizing it that's what they do that's what makes it fun because then you're not literally just watching a book come to life well exactly so i think i mean i could see that twist kid loki's obviously like a loki 
Uh, so the, I think everybody else is brought in or can very easily be brought in by other big Avengers. So I see it happening very seamlessly. Yeah, no, totally. I, I think the mentor idea makes a lot of sense. It also makes for some really good cameo fodder. So that could be really fun. Exactly. Yeah, I definitely agree. Well, now I have one last thing I want to ask. I want to put out there. Because we've introduced you to the the basic roster, and when we actually have a confirmed roster, we will obviously deep dive into every single one of them, but we don't want to hold our breath now because we'll probably deep dive and then half of them won't be there. So I'm going to ask the question of, of the ones we've seen so far, of the seven or eight, where do we think we're seeing them next? If it's not a team up, it's not Secret Wars, where do we think we're seeing each of their characters come to life next? All right, I'm going to run down the list. Elijah Bradley, I think we're going to see him in Sam's movie, New World Order, because don't forget, he is not a super soldier at this moment. Now, in the comics, he's actually not a super soldier when he first starts being a part of the Young Avengers. He's actually taking a drug to make him look like he has his grandfather's abilities. I don't know that they're going to go through that storyline here, because we don't have we haven't had the drug yet does that mean it's not going to come no it doesn't mean that but i just don't know that they're going to push forward with that so for that reason i think that we're going to see him in new world order in the comics just want to give you that background of kind of what i've been hinting at he actually gets gravely injured and is requiring a blood transfusion which he receives from his grandfather thereby giving him the super soldier abilities that his grandfather has. So I think he needs to be in Sam's movie in order to get those abilities to be ready to be in the Young Avengers. I think for Billy and Tommy, the low-hanging fruit here is Agatha Coven of Chaos. Yeah. We've already gotten some hints that one of them has been casted. I mean, I think I think his name is Joe Locke. I don't know that it's necessarily been confirmed that he's playing one of the twins, but it's been heavily, you know, surmised. So I think that's low-hanging fruit. Cassie... Cassie's a tough one because we just saw her for the first time. Yeah. So, and you know, and her dad is just had his third movie, nothing really on the horizon for him. I actually don't think we're going to see Cassie again until a Younger Avengers team up, to be honest, because there's just no real way, unless we get some kind of Wasp solo film, that she really makes sense anywhere right now. She's not connected to any of the wider Avengers through Scott even, so there's really no reason for her to be there or in any other properties. For Kate, kind of the same deal. You know, we saw her in... Actually, I'm going to take that back. I think Kate we could end up seeing potentially in a Thunderbolts, just knowing she has that relationship sort of with Yelena. Okay. And knowing that there's a connection there, I could see maybe her popping in for a minute. Not a huge role at all, maybe some kind of cameo. But that's the only place I could really see her right now because, again, like she's another one who she's been introduced. She's awesome, but the Avenger who brought her in is not currently introducing her to others or really doing anything on the horizon that would make me think he'd bring her along. Then Kid Loki, I think low-hanging fruit is Loki season two, you know, just knowing that we're going to revisit his variants show. And then the last member of our roster that we've already seen in the MCU is, of course, America Chavez. I think for America, it's tough because I want to say she's related to magic, but she, I do not see her in a world of Agatha but I think anytime we're going to visit Comertage or I could see her tagging along with our good friend Wong mm. because he is the Sorcerer Supreme. We know she's studying at Comertage. He could be very well be her teacher. 
So I could actually see that being kind of her connection into the larger universe, especially universe meaning like Avengers universe, not necessarily like 616 universe, especially because we know that Steven is actually off doing his thing with Clea. So her actual like, you know, official mentor who brought her into the fold isn't even around right now. So I could see Wong stepping in in that way. Okay, I like all those, except I might argue with Kate's. Okay. I do feel your first take of, like, maybe not really involved anywhere right now. I like the idea of the Thunderbolts. I don't think they do. If she's going to cameo, I don't think it's there. I actually, this might seem weird, but I actually think, and I was thinking this as you were talking, I wouldn't actually be shocked to see her in a secret invasion. Ooh, I like that. And it seems crazy, but... No, it doesn't. Think about this, and this is, as soon as you were talking about Hawkeye, I was like, yeah, he takes her home for the holidays. His wife was an agent. He was a spy, an assassin. And I'm sure he's still in some sort of contact with good old Nick Fury. Yeah. I wouldn't, I mean, Hawkeye's not going to, like, have her live with him forever. And her mom was, like, a weirdo villain. Oh, yeah. Her dad is dead. Like, and I mean, she's a college student. I'm not acting like she can't take care of herself. But I do think I wouldn't be surprised if Hawkeye kind of, I mean, he's three kids of his own. He needs to reach a point where he's like, I, I can't, like, physically adopt you as my child. You need to, like, live your life and do your own thing. I actually wouldn't be shocked to see her brought in to the fold with Nick. Just like Nick brought in, you know, Natasha and and took her under his wing and sort of the same, even, like, made sure Hawkeye was on the straight and narrow. I wouldn't be too shocked. I, I see her doing the whole assassin thing. I love that. I could see her under Nick, under Maria Hill, learning the ropes. We all know that's what she wants. Yeah. You know, that's her end goal. That's why after the events of the Avengers that we saw, which, by the way, beautiful retcon. But, you know, after those events, that's why she trained as hard as she did to be the master of archery and of martial arts and to be able to fight the way she can is to be what he is and what he was. And, you know, I definitely could see him saying to her, to your point, like, I'm retired, you're not going to get much out of me, but let me give you my contacts. Let me reach out to the people I know who can train you, who can take that time with you and help you become what you want to be and make sure you're doing it for the right people, right? He trusts Nick. He trusts Maria. He knows they're going to do the right thing. I love that. I think that's such a good idea. Yeah, I would actually, I think that would be a very fitting place for her. And I think, to your point, I like that you brought in Maria, especially. I see that being a very positive mentorship. Yeah. We have not gotten anything about Hawkeye Season 2. I wouldn't be shocked if they kind of, not right off in the way of, like, kill Hawkeye. Not, no, not at all. But write him off more in the sense of, now he really is retired. Yeah. Now he's he's done. So I wouldn't be too against, you know, this is how they keep her story going for now without it staying in the Hawkeye show. Yeah, I agree. I really love that. I think that's such a smart take. I really hope that happens, actually. (laughs) Like, if we have to, like, speak anything into existence, I hope it's that. Well, like, I even think, I mean, it's scrolls. She'd be so good fighting scrolls. Yeah. So I'm like, could you imagine? And then I can already picture it. Maybe this is the Hunger Games of me that just watched that again. But, like, 
I can imagine just the arrow comes flying into a room at some point and just pans over and it's Kate Bishop. Right? And, like, the best part would be, like, it would hit someone who you'd be like, oh, my God, she just killed blah, blah, blah. And then you, like, she, like, kills them and, like, the glamour fades from the scroll. And you're like, oh, my God, it was a scroll. And then, like, you're right. It's like Kate Bishop. Like, what a reveal on both fronts. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, who are you? And it's like, there's going to be, like, a little laugh joke there that she makes because she's awkward and, and she doesn't know what to do. And that's that's how it's going to be. And then Nick will, like, walk into the room or, or Maria will walk into the room and they have to explain who she is. That is my vibe already. All right, guys, we just wrote it for you. Make it happen, Marvel. Let's go. You heard it here first. I know. And then it's not going to happen, but it was ho- it's going to be a hopeful thing. Yeah. I hope they give us writing credits. <laughs> All right. Anyway, this has been a super, super fun episode. I think the last thing that I just want to say is how excited I am for this group. I think there's so many potential stories. There's so many good characters. And I think they're going to be a really fun group as well. Like, obviously, there's a lot of heartbreak that happens to them. There's a lot of really tough stuff that they go through. But I think just anytime you get kind of that younger vibe in there, it's always going to be a little more lighthearted than the adults. So I'm definitely excited for that kind of vibe switch. And I think it'll be a really, really fun franchise to watch grow. I agree. I look forward to it. I would prefer if it came sooner rather than later, but I do think we won't see it until probably end of Phase 6, more leading into Phase 7, unless the Thunderbolts take over Phase 7, which I also will not complain about. (laughs) But I I would like to see them. They've graced their screen. I think there's a lot of potential there. And even, you know, not necessarily forever being Young Avengers and eventually all just becoming full-blown Avengers and that's our team, I'm I'm like 100% there for it. Yeah, and that is the end of our Young Avengers episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope it was informative in terms of the roster and the background of some of these characters and a little bit of insight into potentially where we might see them. So if you guys are looking forward to our future coverage of any and all Young Avengers sightings, you can subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and also check out our blog for supplemental materials and new recently to our blog you can also support the show by shopping the affiliate links when you make a purchase using one of those links we get a portion of the proceeds which helps us keep the show going also make sure you guys follow us on twitter at let's talk mft and instagram at let's talk mft and in two weeks as we're sticking to our two week schedule we will be covering well the man himself the man of the hour of the day, the week, the month, the year, and all the phases and universes, Kang the Conqueror. So we will be deep diving onto his character, especially after seeing him in Ant-Man, seeing a couple of var- I should say variations, but I guess technically I should say variants. <laughs> a couple different variants of him, and we'll deep dive into who we saw and what we think might happen there with him as well, and then all the versions of him coming to our heroes in 616 so make sure you guys are ready for that in two weeks and catch up with everything else in the meantime as marvel just blew your mind so let's talk about it (laughs) 